0: From the Ticats Cats Audio Network, this is Tiger Cats Game Day with Courtney Stephen and Mike Daly. Welcome to Tiger Cats Game Day, presented by Tiffany Gate Fresh Gourmet on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. It is Week Six. And the Hamilton Tiger cats are traveling to Commonwealth tonight to play against the Edmonton Elks the Owen five Elks the one and three tie cats it will be a clash to remember 9 pm kickoff and to get y'all primed and ready for the game. This is Courtney Steven along with my man Mike Daly. And As always, when we kick this thing off, Mike, I want you to set the table for the listeners back in Hamilton and and tell us how this game fits into the season that we are experiencing right now as Hamilton Tiger-Cat fans.
1: I like how you put that, the season we're experiencing right now. Listen, (laughs) no matter what happens, it's always easier to do any football job with the Tiger-Cats after a win, right? You always want to talk about... You want to coach off of a win. You want to learn off of a win. You want to do Ticats game day off of a win. It's, it's so much better. And that's what they got last week with Ottawa. And squeaked one out. Yeah, absolutely. But a win's a win. And now to flip around on a short week and head out to Edmonton. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough on the legs. Tough on the recovery. Right, Corey? You remember those short weeks, man. It's It's not easy to do, right? People are a little bit banged up from that game. Especially a close one with Ottawa like that. Um, and I'm sure Chris Edwards a little bit more on that last hit, right, on the last play to save the game, right? But that short week turnaround court, that's pretty tough, man, especially when you're traveling out west and sitting on an airplane. Uh, how did you deal with that as a player? Because I know everybody dealt with it a little bit different, but with the game prep, not really there as much, right, mental more so?
0: Well, for me, it was all, all about getting to the stadium, and getting on my routine while we had those amenities because you know at your home base you've got the the nice cold tubs you've got the nice hot tub you got the shower you're comfortable with you got your own locker that has all of the the toiletries and stuff you're used to you can hop upstairs get your film session in you can stay a little bit later to try and make up time but when you head on the road first of all getting on that flight your legs are going to get a little tight. So when you get off, you better have your kit prepared. You better get that foam roller out. You better have your bands do some stretches, hop in that shower the night before the game, get a little steam going because it's about getting to the game fresh. Ultimately, that's what it's about. Teams on a short week, the one advantage is you're not going to install a ton and you're not going to be overloaded with information. But what you really do have to do is go back through What you brought to the last game plan and iron out kinks. So in some respects, you're streamlining the learning for that game because you're not dumping a ton in. You're really just hammering out the kinks and and going back to it with your best stuff. So I think, you know, it's better to have a a short week in week six as opposed to week 16. And, um, these guys are pros. As soon as the lights come on and, and they kick that thing off, all that, all that good juju, all that, motivation, all the adrenaline will kick in and uh I don't know, all those tightness and soreness will will go away. So we'll we'll be seeing an Edmonton team fighting for their first win trying to break that uh what's the opposite of illustrious trying to break <laughs> that nineteen game losing streak that uh dates back over a thousand days since their last win at home. And the Ticats were trying to generate some momentum because, you know, one in three, it's not where you envisioned yourself at this point in the season. But, you know, you're one one game ahead of Ottawa now. And after this Edmonton game, you got a string of division battles. So to bring one back from the West would be huge. Ticats coming off a dramatic win. That energy has got to carry into this one. So let's talk about what else is carrying into this one? Because I think there's a few lineup changes that could be interesting to, to look at for the Ticats, uh, one of which would be Tyrone Riley coming back in to play at that left tackle. So that bring, bumps Kemp back out to the right tackle. And all of a sudden, we've got a Cats offensive line <laughs> that looks really familiar with David Beard, Colter Woodmanzie, and, and of course, Brandon Revenberg rounding it out. Does that give this team a lift or what?
1: It has to, right? And listen, the, the thing that stood out to me the most last game was the Ticats sticking to the run game. You know how we talked about every team has, after three games, they have all the stats, all the percentages on first and 10. They run in five receiver sets where five receivers are out there on the field and only one running back. They run the ball. 33% of the time, right? Everybody has those stats. Well, the Cats took those stats last game, flipped them on their heads, right? Gave James Butler the ball time after time after time. Matt Schiltz running the ball as well. And now to get this old line that, you know, you kind of envisioned being the starting group back and ready to go, that's only going to now benefit this Ticats offense. That seems to have stuck to the run this last game. Now, only one game isn't a consistent effort, and it'd be interesting to see how they do in Edmonton here. But to come into this game after riding a little bit of that momentum and really not miss too much in terms of you know guys getting banged up and having to sit out for this game or whatever, they're kind of rolling into this game with a lot of the similar looks. And then a couple pieces, like you said, with Riley back and especially Lawrence Woods now at field corner, which is a very interesting conversation because, Court, we talked about it. He's just playing field corner now. right? He's Mm -hmm. not doing the return duties because we saw the speed that number 35, that hadn't had the speed before, but now does with McAllister. (laughs) He's in there. He's in there. And I liked how he – especially on a couple of his punt returns, how he started hitting them. So I'm very curious to see how that balance of Lawrence Woods only playing field corner now and McAllister taking on a little more of those return duties and, you know, like you said, keeping those legs fresh for either side of that ball that they're going to look at.
0: Yeah, Tyreek McAllister did his best Mike Daly impersonation last week, (laughs) turned on the burners. It was amazing. But you know what? That is a, a great point to underscore for everybody who's watching we spoke about splitting the duties and doing double duties when you're a full-time starter and you're a feature returner it's tough because that's high exertion every time you step on the field on a special teams play and if you're a corner you could do it could be a run play but you get ran off the ball two times in a row 40 yards down the field you're going to be gassed before you even touch the rock on special teams so for Lawrence Woods, a guy who showed great promise in the preseason and in training camp, you know, that one week to s- sit back, observe things, that can do a lot for his development as a, a defensive back um, and just watching things and soaking them in, slowing the game down a little bit further one week at a time, you know, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if he came in and had his best game of the year, a little bit fresher legs, a little bit more of uh, his football IQ continuing to develop there. That would be awesome. But, you know, Tyreek McAllister... Hey, let him focus on doing what he does best, because uh, we can talk about this more as we go. But it seems as though the Ticats are going to require the explosive play if they want a chance to continue to win games until they get a more uh, rhythmic a rhythmic thing going in the red zone. You know, they got down to the red zone last week a couple of times, weren't able to punch it in for, for touchdowns. And I think until that's on command, guys like Tyreek McAllister are going to be critical in in helping the Ty Cats win games. So before we jump back over to the offense, um Jared Hewitt, okay, he was a guy who was up for the first time last week. Now he's getting the start at defensive end. He's he's a new guy. And he's <laughs> right in the mix with that defensive line that, you know, was wreaking havoc last week. So what do you think of this move?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Cuz now when I look at it and I, you know, see all the little letters beside the depth chart and you start trying to understand the intricacies of the CFL and the ratio rules and the designated Americans, what I look at it as is they're going to start one Canadian, which is Teddy Laurent, right? So and start means the first play of the game. Right? Like that's what it means. That shows on the depth chart. They have to have a certain amount of Canadians out there. There are things called designated Americans who can come in for Canadian players. And what I think what I anticipate happening here is that guys like Ja'Garrett Davis, who is now this designated American player because he's played on the same team for three or more years. He's been in the league for five or longer. He can now come in for a Canadian player. So that means Ted Laurent, who is starting at tackle, well, Hewitt can move over and play inside like we saw him play last week, and then Ja'Garrett comes out onto the end, which then gives four American players to go rush the passer, which in this game, especially from the Ottawa game, right, where we saw a quarterback come in and run the ball very well right and not even designated run plays where it's a designed run for the quarterback it's just pass plays and he escapes this d line is going to have to do a better job than they did against crumb from ottawa <laughs> the new guy jeez <laughs> like, it's it's a new quarterback every week but they're going to have to do a better job against taylor cornelius because taylor cornelius can roll mm-hmm. he is fast he's tall Long legs strider, but he can roll, and he has kind of sparked that Edmonton offense with the run. So I'm really going to look to this D-line, who now is going to play the little designated American game that we just talked about, to try to hem Cornelius in and make him be a passer and kind of keep this Edmonton offense struggling. right? Because against Ottawa, that was where, once Mazzoli went down, which was heartbreaking court. I'm sure you and I are both on the same page there. But once Mazzoli went down... That's where Ottawa found most of their offense. And I guarantee you, Edmonton is looking at that on the short week, saying, How can we exploit that against the Ticats defense?
0: Yeah. And, you know, their offense has left a lot to be desired. I mean, it's not as though the Ticats the were lighting it up on the scoreboard, but Edmonton's offense, 12.4 points per game averaging 264 yards net offense both of those are good for ninth in the cfl so although they've got names like Steven dunbar jr and kyron moore on the offense it's not really striking fear into the hearts of defenses but knowing that they got a guy like stephen dunbar jr a thousand yard receiver last year over there uh, the tiecast defense, they can't fall asleep and it's going to be crucial that they continue to make it tough for Taylor Cornelius to make throws and give guys in the back end for that tiecast D a D opportunity to have some tips and overthrows because we see what happens when they do get their hands on balls, they're opportunistic, they make plays and they seem to come in bunches. It's as if, you know, somebody just Turned on the faucet last week. One big play led to the next and they finally started to get things turned around as far as uh, generating some momentum from defensive plays that turned into points and turned into field position. So interesting things developing. And I appreciate you breaking down that, you know, level three that that's almost (laughs) like a master's class in Mm -hmm. roster building in the Canadian Football League with that move from Jared Hewitt, the, the three-way move with Ted Laurent and Ja'Garrett Davis. Very interesting. I'll keep an eye out for that. Let's hop over to the other side. Let's talk about the Thai Cats offense and see um, – just talk about what they did last week. I thought it was very encouraging the way they started the game. They, were, they seemed like Matt Schiltz was throwing on rhythm – receivers were catching the ball, they were getting first downs, they were moving the chains, but a similar story, they got all the way down the field, didn't punch it in the way that you would have anticipated. They would just based on the eight or nine plays that they strung together to start the game. like They looked great, but they came out and they had three field goals in the first half. Is that something that they're going to be able to continue doing and winning games, or, or who's going to be the person to change that for the Cats?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, luckily, this next game against Edmonton, the game last week, it's two struggling teams against Ottawa and Edmonton. I think when you start looking at the better teams in the CFL, you're not going to win with field goals very consistently, right? Like, the you know, the defense can step up and hold some good offenses to, you know, low-scoring games, but not often in the CFL, right? It just doesn't happen against these good teams, these really high-efficient offenses, so... These tight guys, they do need to start scoring in the red zone, right? And it almost seems like we're just repeating ourselves from last year because that was kind of the struggle as well. I remember talking about it. So there's really no, like, you know, it's hard to pinpoint the fix in the red zone, right? It's not like you're running too many different plays, but what it does stand out to, Corp, because in the middle of the field, There is so much space. The DBs are worried about being top-down, making sure there's no explosions, the big type of plays, right? The big bomb plays over their heads. But once it gets to that red zone, defenses feel a little bit more comfortable because they have an out-of-bounds behind them in the back of the end zone. So now, instead of having to defend a field that's 60 yards long, 70 yards long, make sure everything's in front of you, opening up all those underneath windows for the receivers – Everybody on defense is a little tighter in that red zone. All that means to me, Court, is that somebody needs to be more competitive on that offense to go and win battles, win one-on-one battles, just be better than the other guy in front of you because there are going to be tighter windows, there are going to be jump balls, situations like that where you just need to be better on that play than the guy that's against you. And when I think of that, I think of a guy like Duke Williams. Right? Maybe he becomes that big-body red zone target. Right? Maybe this offensive line can start moving bodies a little bit more for James Butler to pound it in, and maybe a little bit more quarterback run with Matt Schiltz down there because mm-hmm. one thing that makes this difficult, and we talked about it with Ottawa, we talked about it with Edmonton, when the quarterback gets involved with running, all the defensive schemes are developed around the quarterback not running. So you essentially have a one-extra player in that free-safety As soon as that quarterback's involved in a run, now you can't be playing that one extra on defense. And it's really just man for man on offense and defense. So get some good matchups.
0: Totally. And, you know, speaking about, uh, you know, just the way that the offense fits into the flow of the game, in the first few games, the first three games, the Ticats gave up 45 points off turnovers. And not to mention, they were losing going into the second quarter of every game that they were in. So, in the last game, they were winning 3-nothing going into the second and they gave up zero points off turnovers. And both of those things equate to them having the freedom and the ability to run the ball more, the ability to use their full playbook to get down into the red zone. And, you know, Mark Legio, he's been Perfect. since he's been here so there's a little bit more confidence that once you get down maybe you would start to open up that playbook and call a little bit of a variety of plays that you haven't called before because there's been a little bit uncertainty so if they can keep those trends up I think those also support exactly what you're saying draw something up for Duke that's not a typical play that you're going to see between the 220s but something you're only going to see once you get down near the goalposts or in, in the shadow of the end zone so um, You know, if the defense holds holds down their end of the bargain, they put the fire out like we talked about. And if the offense could get some momentum early that allows the full playbook to stay at their disposal, I think absolutely we could see a little bit more of that. So let's let's talk about, you know, who's the key players in this game that we got to keep an eye on. You know, we've talked about um, we talked about return game. You talked about DBs, you talked about the pass rush, quarterbacks running the ball. But what what are some matchups that in this game are going to have a big impact?
1: Yeah, the first one I look at is, OK, so last weekend we talked, we you know, you and I kind of pumped Richard Leonard up. Right. And look at the game he had. He lit it up like he kind of broke that game open. Right. Mm-hmm. Had a pick. Also, jumped that dig route on Acklin to pop the ball up for Simone, right? I wish he, I know he wish he had that back and actually just caught that ball himself, but hey, <laughs> somebody else gets it. So, all good, right? But he lit it up. So, now what I'm looking for is the new addition, court. And I cannot wait to say this guy's name and be able to, you know, put a couple good plays behind him is Javian Elliott,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And when we talk about Steven Dunbar Jr., Ticat fans know what he can do because he did it for the Ticats last year. So that'll be the matchup I'm looking for this week because, you know, when an offense is struggling like Edmonton, they're going to go to their best players. And they have Eugene Lewis who is out, right? So they're going to look to Steven Dunbar Jr. to go make some plays. So I'm looking for Javin Elliott to kind of hopefully have a game close to like a Richard Leonard. And then start piling on those turnovers and you know the takeaways for the defense. How about you? Who are you looking for?
0: Well, you know that I I would have to agree with you first before even get going any further. Stephen Dunbar is a guy who I think he he's a great route runner. I think his physical stature makes you automatically think of him as like a, a speed and a hands guy who can catch things and and run away from folks. But he really does run all the routes, and I think they use him to run all of the routes. So he'll have his opportunity and he'll be somewhat of a security blanket for Taylor Cornelius as he's running around. Last week, Edmonton gave up no sacks. And we know that the Ticats really broke the game open on their defensive line. And so I'll be interested to see if they're going to get to him. He's going to try and extend the plays. Could it be to his detriment? Are they going to be able to keep contain On that mobile quarterback you know it had to be a point of emphasis in the meeting room if they did walkthroughs you know they put in some drills or some visualizations of just saying this is what he likes to do this is where he likes to escape and you know quarterbacks escape different ways they're either going to roll out to their passing arm they could spin out and reverse pivot and go backwards the opposite way or they can step up through the b gaps through the line and each person on the defensive line has a lane when they rush will they be able to stay disciplined and stay in their lanes and rush together you know the defensive linemen when they get a sack only one person gets the stat but you know it from just being in those meeting rooms it takes all four to rush together and if the tie cats can do that it will put pressure on that passing game and also on that running game uh you stop the run on the way to the quarterback and so that will be very interesting um Other players looking to break out. I know Tyreek McAllister is a guy I'm very excited to see. Like I said, I think they are going to have to rely on the home run a little bit. Not that they're going to be swinging for the fences every play, but there's going to be times that I I think somebody's going to have to give a little extra effort. Or if a defensive back on Edmonton takes a poor angle, you have to make them pay. If somebody commits a penalty and extends a drive... You have to get points off of that. When there's a door open, you got to kick it all the way in if you're the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, but Tyreek McAllister, was it luck? Was it was it beginner's <laughs> luck? Or is he going to be able to replicate what he did last week? Are, are you looking at him? Who else are you going to be watching closely in this game?
1: Yes, t- so two people on the Tiger Cats offense that I want to look at. And one is Tyrone Riley coming back because the guy across from him, A.C. Leonard, had three sacks last week. And this guy's just an ultra athletic defensive end. Right. He is all over the place. He's tough to deal with. So I, I'm very curious to see how they can put up with him because he is he's a tough he's probably one of the toughest guys to deal with on that Edmonton defense. Right? Can kind of wreck a game, just like we talked about with, you know, Malik Carney's kind of popped into that type guy, and Ja'Garrett Davis, we know him as that. Right, Those guys that kind of ruin drives, ruin quarters because of how well they can play. But where I'm really focused on is we have seen Duke Williams and Tim's White, Tim White break out, have breakout games, a couple of games back-to-back. Right, We saw Tyreek McAllister have a good game last week with Richie Sundani, a bunch of catches, kind of that first down weapon. I want to see Terry Godwin have one of those games now. This yeah. is, it's, I'm just kind of waiting for, okay, this is the Terry game. You know what I mean? Tim White's had a couple of those. Dukes had a couple of those. And Danny McAllister, I want to see this this one be the Terry Godwin game. That's what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, and you know what? He did have that outstanding catch Mm -hmm. when they played in Toronto, but it would be good to see him have one of those in the place where you get six points for bringing it in. I think, you know, honorable mention to Richie Sandani, who was seven catches on eight targets and the only incompletion was arguably a catch in the back of the end zone over a defender's (laughs) head, survived contact with the ground, but then the ball was knocked out after the fact. I think that was one of his games to say, you know what, Hamilton, I am as advertised. I'm here and I'm here to make plays. So, you know, all of those things, they feed on each other. And it's just momentum, and you find it in other pl- little places here, there, and everywhere. And when you get that going, when everybody starts walking in stride together, man, that's that's a that's a tough team to beat. But hey, before they can get there, before we can talk about them all being in stride, gotta kick that thing off, and and you gotta just start with the first play, kick it in bounds, legio, give them a chance. <laughs> in Edmonton tonight at Commonwealth Stadium, nine p.m. Eastern. It is the O and five. Edmonton Elks trying to break their 19-game losing streak against our one and 3 Hamilton Tiger Cats, who are as fired up as they've been in a long time. Mike, I'm ready for this one. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready, man. I would love to see that home losing streak continue.
0: <laughs> you and I both, man. And if you aren't going to be. All the way out in Alberta, you can tune in on the Ticats Audio Network. That's listen.ticats.ca. This was TigerCast Game Day presented by Tiffany Gate, Fresh Gourmet. My name is Courtney Stephen from Mike Daily. We hope you have a great game day. Peace. It's game day and you're ready. So are we. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gameday at tycats.ca. Courtney, Stephen, and Mike Daly are here every game day with their insights into today's game. Subscribe to the Tie Cats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.